The biggest movie in 2023 is set to join a group that few films have joined, the Billion Dollar Club. No, this wasn't the latest Marvel film, not Star Wars. It's a kid's film, the Super Mario Brothers movie. The Super Mario Brothers movie is based on the popular video game series from Nintendo. And while many film experts expected it to be popular, few anticipated it being quite the success that it has been. And it has now passed $1 billion in revenue. Families have gone out to the theaters week after week, despite the mixed to negative reviews from movie critics. In fact, the audience reaction has been quite positive. This phenomenon is also true of recent Christian films, like Jesus' Revolution. What does this mean? Maybe the general audience is growing tired of dark films. Perhaps they're looking for good family fun, or better yet, for something that gives them hope. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Tuesday, we're in a series that we started yesterday, called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. What do you think Jesus' day-to-day life was like? It might be tricky to answer that question. He went through so much in his brief time on earth. There were the quiet moments that he spent in prayer, the meals he shared with family, friends, even enemies, and of course, he devoted much of his time to teaching and healing. The Gospel of John ends by saying Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. In recent years, a TV series chronicling the life of Jesus and his disciples has taken the world by storm. The series is called The Chosen. And recently, the third season has come out. Here's Dallas Jenkins, the creator and director of this series, sharing his thoughts on the theme of season three. I was sitting in church and uh, someone was, uh, a pastor was, was preaching from Psalm 77 or at least referencing it. And so I opened it up and I was reading through the chapter and I, in church, which you probably shouldn't do this, be texting during church, but I texted <laughs> Ryan and Tyler and I said, go read Psalm 77. That's season three. And it's also the story of the chosen. It's my eyes are so I'm, I'm weary from trying to keep my eyelids open. You only yeah. you can hold my eyelids open. That's how mm-hmm. tired I am. That's mm-hmm. how weary I am. I don't know where you are right now. I mean, it's, it is a psalm of pain. Yeah. And then there's this beautiful, beautiful, there's a beautiful moment in the middle of the psalm when he says, when the, when the writer says, but I will remember the days of old. It's like, I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm so mm-hmm. confused. I'm so scared. I'm so, I don't even hear you right now. Oh, you know what though? This has happened before. Mm-hmm. And every time it's happened, you have you know, and then go on to the the beautiful poetry that this writer uh that this writer wrote, Asaph. And so that has happened over and over again with the chosen. It happened daily. This season, the season was the hardest season of our entire careers, mm-hmm. much less the hardest season of the chosen. And so um when I experienced the feeding of the five thousand uh, story years ago when I had a huge failure and that's what ultimately led to the chosen Psalm 77 was the story of that as well of just like I was so confused I was so um, heavy laden and uh, and God showed up more than ever before and so when I heard that psalm again uh, when I was sitting in that sermon I was just like that's that's season three 
let's figure out a way to make that the integral part of season three. So showing it actually be presented to David for the first time, uh, I thought was a beautiful way to do it. That was Dallas Jenkins. He created The Chosen, a multi-season program of the life of Christ. Season three of The Chosen opens up with perhaps the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached. And do you know which sermon I'm talking about? Of course you do, the Sermon on the Mount. In a moment, we're going to hear a little from this famous sermon as presented in The Chosen. And then we'll think about the big themes that Christ was teaching. Specifically, what are the ways of the kingdom of heaven? And then after this program, I'd like to send you all three seasons of The Chosen for your minimum gift to support Haven Ministries. As you watch this well-produced yet faithful to the Scriptures series, you'll often find yourself involved in the story of the lives of those who are around Jesus. You'll even be moved with gratitude that he's called you as his own. After the program, I want you to visit haventoday.org. We have many different resources connected with The Chosen there. You can find a full-length interview I did with Dallas on the radio, as well as a video I shot with him in Texas, plus clips from the show as well. And after you've done all that, I invite you to make a gift so we can send you the Chosen DVDs shipping out this Friday from our warehouse. You can do that at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or you can call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that single DVD for your gift as well. And now let's open the program with Rebecca St. James and King and Country.
Rebecca St. James, a single called Kingdom Come, here on This Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and you've joined us for a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. Well, I want us to think about the Sermon on the Mount in our few minutes together. Here is the famous text, Matthew 5 through chapter 7. If you've listened to past programs, you might recall that we've gone through the Lord's Prayer, which is found in this very section. The Sermon on the Mount is an important passage because it shows us the ways of the kingdom of God and because of the reminder that the law is fulfilled only in Jesus Christ. What are the ways of this kingdom? Well, look at the first 10 verses or so of Matthew 5. Kingdom living consists in being poor in spirit in being merciful, pure in heart, in being peacemakers, and there's so much more. Those that live in this way will be blessed. That's what Jesus himself told us. The Beatitudes, as many scholars call this section, are a call to repentance as well as a promise. Jesus telling us, do you not live in this way? Then turn away from your sin. Come to me, and you will surely be blessed. The way of the kingdom is a way of humility. These words from Jesus run contrary to the way the world thinks. What does the world tell us about how we are to live? They say we are to seek our own pleasures and desires. We don't have to be sorry for doing what we want to do. When someone insults you, insult them back. The world wants us to create our own little mini-kingdoms, but in the Beatitudes, Christ tells us, that this is not how we are to live. The way of his kingdom tells us to rejoice and be glad even when we are persecuted because great is our reward in heaven. The Beatitudes are powerfully countercultural, not just in the first century, but in the 21st century. Following the Beatitudes, Jesus continued by unpacking the Old Testament law. Through the centuries, the Israelites' understanding of the law of God had become distorted. God originally gave the Israelites the law so that they would respond joyfully to God's salvation with obedience. 
But the religious experts eventually began adding, adding things on to God's law. They wanted to help others not break God's law. So they imposed further restrictions. In the longest song found in Scripture, Psalm 119, David sings, Your law gives me delight. But the experts turned God's law into a burden. What's worse, while it looked like the Israelites were obeying God's law, that was just on the outside. They were continuing to break God's law on the inside, in their hearts. Listen to this excerpt from Episode 1 of The Chosen, Season 3, which contains portions of Matthew 5 and Matthew 6. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whomever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother. And then come and offer your gift. (laughs) Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. That's Jonathan Rumi. He portrays Jesus in the Chosen TV show series. There's something powerful about hearing the words of Christ acted out. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. It is possible to keep God's law externally and yet be far from him in our hearts. He was not trying to get rid of God's law, and whenever he said, you have heard it said, but I tell you, he was reminding God's people that there's obedience in our thoughts, words, and actions, but that's not all. Jesus was also pointing to himself as the one who is able to perfectly keep God's law. Listen to these words, Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. We aren't able to keep God's law perfectly. But there's some good news here. Jesus Christ did, 
and he was able. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also spoke about something that has probably affected all of us, worry and anxiety. In fact, studies have shown that this has not gotten any better in recent years. Worry and anxiety have grown, particularly among younger people. And a big part of the reason is because of social media. I'm not here to say we should stop all use of social media. That's for each person to decide for themselves. But it's important to recognize how changes in technology have made us not less anxious, but more anxious. What can we do about this? What is a kingdom way of responding to worry and anxiety? Well, let's listen once again to Jesus' words, starting in Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Let's think about birds for a moment. They're wonderful, and they come in so many sizes and so many colors. There are times when I'm having meetings with our team, and I can actually hear the sounds of birds on the other side of the line or even outside my window and they bring me great joy. They're chirping, beautiful songs, praising their Creator. But they are also used by God for something else. They're a picture of God's care for us. We see how the birds are fed season after season. Their food doesn't run out, even when my wife forgets to fill our bird feeders in the front and the backyards. They are provided for by God Himself. And yet we are infinitely more valuable to God than them. We should respond to our worry or anxiety by bringing to mind God's promise to care for his people. Christ says in verse 33, you've heard it before, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, then all these things will be given to you as well. Earlier, Dallas Jenkins mentioned Psalm 77 being an important passage for his team as they worked on The Chosen Season 3. There's a section in that pain-filled psalm where Asaph asks, Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? I'm sure you've been there. Maybe you are there. Then listen to what he says next. To this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out His hand. When we are in moments of anxiety, we need to remember that God has promised to care for us and remember those times in the past when He has. This is the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is what Jesus was trying to express there in the Sermon on the Mount. Do you believe the truths that came out of our Lord's mouth? And if you do, and I pray you do, then you are truly blessed. Blessed are they who walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord night and day. Those who trust, those who pray, blessed are
by the Haven Quartet, Blessed Are They, here on Haven Today, in a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. And I'm curious if you have seen the chosen TV show, any one of the episodes of any one of the seasons. Millions have, but still millions more still learning about it. My wife and I found season one during the pandemic, and we really enjoyed watching it together. And now... Can you believe it? Season three is out, and so many have already been blessed by it. But I want you and those you love to see it as well. And as you watch, you'll see the story of Jesus in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him. Like Peter, Matthew, and Mary. Who were they? 
What were they like before they met Jesus? How did the message of the gospel change their lives? So as you watch all three seasons of The Chosen, you and your family, include your friends too, will see your lives in the lives of those around Christ. And I think you'll all come away with a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly transforms us. So, for your generosity to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. It's shipping out this Friday from our warehouse, but get your order in today. You can go visit our website right now. Watch some clips from The Chosen, but also take a look at the video that I shot with the creator, Dallas Jenkins. And then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. Or you can just call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you only want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And just as we must go, if you were listening last week and wanted to get Nancy Guthrie's most helpful book on prayer, What Every Kid Needs to Know About Prayer, we still have copies and we can send one to you or someone you love right away for your gift to the ministry. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for meeting up with me. Won't you come back again tomorrow on Wednesday when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When you think of romantic days, you probably think of Valentine's or a specific anniversary, but I believe spring as a whole is quite romantic, beautiful even. The blooming of the flowers after months of being dormant, the new life that we notice, baby birds, rabbits, squirrels, the Bible recognizes the beauty of springtime. In fact, in the Song of Solomon, we hear the husband trying to lure his wife outside. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come. These words have a deeper spiritual significance. One day the husband of the church, Jesus Christ, will come to his church and say, Join me, winter's over, the new creation has come. Grow in your walk with Christ. Visit GetAnchor.com.